0: Wait, wait, there's no music? What the heck's going on? Uh, just a few things before I actually start the music. I want to say that if you have read the title of this episode, it's Richard Part Two. And you're probably thinking, what does that mean? Well, if you haven't listened to Richard, which is Part One, you should listen to that first. It kind of helps lay a little bit of groundwork as to what we're going to talk about. We talk um, more about the adoption process and everything that goes with that. Um, so, It might benefit you a little bit if you listen to Richard's first episode. I would encourage you to do that. But if you don't want to and you just want to listen to this one, then go ahead. There's, Like I said, the first one lays a little bit of uh, framework as to kind of why we're talking about what we're talking about. So listen to that. Uh, Second thing is, I want to start doing something to where if you have been on the podcast and you feel like there's something more that you would like to give, there's something more that, you know, you feel like you can contribute. You know, there's a life story that you want to talk about. There's, you know, some amazing travel thing that you want to talk about. If you feel like you'd be able to just kind of go on for, you know, X amount of time, let me know. Send me another email and I would love to have you on for a part two, if you will. And then pretty much what I'll do is I'll just start fresh. You know, I'll just be like, Hey, you know, what's up? And then we'll just kind of delve into the stuff that you would like to talk about. It's a little more structured interviewee interview-esque kind of podcast uh, episode rather than, you know, kind of what across the pond has been. So if you're someone that's like, uh, you know, I just want to talk. Uh, I, I try and do as little talking as possible. And I just ask you questions. Um, very, I, I try to not add on as much as possible. I just ask questions so it's more interviewee uh than the uh, the last episodes have been but uh just to reiterate if you do want to be on a part two or you know you just want to talk again uh send me an email and we'll try and figure something out hello everyone welcome to this episode of cross the pond podcast where i talk to people from around the world today is richard Part 2. As you heard just a little bit ago, this is Richard Part 2. Listen to the first one if you haven't already. Kind of these framework just a little bit, but if you don't want to listen to the first one, you just want to listen to this one, that's fine. Uh, we talk about adoption. We talk about how he, uh, Richard and his husband uh, kind of went through the adoption process. Uh, we talk about Richard in his early life in the Lutheran Church and how he kind of struggled with the whole idea of being gay um, and kind of coming out of the Lutheran Church idea into that whole realm, uh, trying to deal with coming out of the closet with his family and with his pastor and everything. So it's a very good episode, but I'm not going to get into much more of anything. I don't want to spoil anything because this is Richard's story. So enjoy part two of Richard. Richard? Yes, sir. Hey, how are you? I'm well, how are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Sorry to keep you waiting for a few minutes. I had my kettle on and I wanted to get some tea. So I sent the, the link just a tad premature, but I wanted to make sure that you had a few minutes no and weren't feeling rushed or anything. So, um, I am just pulling up the last thing that you sent me. Just one second. No problem. There we go. Anyway, have you been the the last how how long has it been like a month? been about a month, I would say. Uh,
1: yeah. It's been a it's,
0: you know, it's end of November,
1: and um, I, I don't know where the year went. And yet, I think we're all just ready for the year to be over. So
0: yeah, no, I agree with you. This year's been rough, and I think I'm ready to start 2021. See how that works.
1: Yeah, let's just do that.
0: Yeah, because who knows? I mean, it could be really good. You know, I'm hoping that it's good. I, I feel like almost anything can be better than this year you know what I mean yes yes yeah, yeah. so um as of course you already know we've we've spoken about be- uh, before but for those who don't know this is like a, a part two um and so kind of what my idea is just so you understand Richard I'm not sure what to expect in terms of like what I'm looking for in like in terms of like length or anything so we'll just kind of go and when we're done we're done does that sound good with you okay. Perfect. Awesome, because I've never done something, you know, a part two before. So I I just don't have like a like a expectation thing or anything. So we'll just kind of go. And when we feel like we're done, then we'll be good. Um, OK, so uh, for those who haven't listened to the first part, listen to the first part. Um, it's just Richard. It's not Richard part one. It's just Richard. Um, so when we last spoke, you talked with me about adoption And you spoke a little bit about, you know, the whole process and everything. Um, And then you hinted towards the end, you know, you were married to your husband. So before we get into that, kind of give me a little bit about your background. How were you raised? Um, You you told me that you grew up in the Lutheran church. So I would assume, you know, the whole coming out part wasn't probably the easiest thing. So do you kind of want to start maybe from the beginning and just kind of work your way down the timeline?
1: Yeah, so um, grew up in Iowa, and um, there's essentially, I would say, probably three predominant um, faiths in in Iowa. There's, I mean, there's a lot. Like, we have a really, actually, wide array of um, faiths, but like the three majors are uh, Catholicism, um, Methodists, and Lutherans. And um, within Lutheranism, there's essentially two main sects that are in the, in the state of Iowa. And and then again, there's more, but we have, uh, the Missouri Synod church and the, um, evangelical Lutheran church of America. Mm -hmm. Um, and at, at a high level, they both kind of believe and preach the same thing, but then they, they handle things differently. Mm -hmm. Um, we were a member of the Missouri Synod church of a Missouri Synod church. Um, and they are more, uh, they're, they're the more conservative of the two. And so when I say conservative, it's like lowercase C. Um, like they, they're going to have a stricter reading of the scriptures, um, v- very very black and white, which is which is fine. Like and we I grew I went to a church that um, had a pipe organ, and people make fun of me, but I love the pipe organ. Like mm-hmm. there's just something about an Easter Easter Sunday service with the pipe organ. Like there's it's magical to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was also very traditional. Like we had a hymnal and we followed the hymnal starting on page five or page 15 in the morning. Like it was very structured as opposed to um, a lot of churches today, which are, um, you know, you have guitars and drums and singers with microphones. Like we didn't have that. Like it was, (laughs) that's not how we did. And then it's okay. Like everyone finds their own, their own, faith in their own place that works for them and for my parents. My dad grew up in the Lutheran church. And so um that's kind of why we went to a Lutheran church. Mom didn't grow up with with um faith a whole lot. I know she, you know, was Catholic, but they didn't really go a whole lot. Um and so we were a Lutheran family and we went every Sunday. We went to Wednesday night classes, um, which for Catholics, I think that's called um oh and I'm not I'm gonna blank on the name of what that class is. Um, I, Shoot, no, 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 I'm kind of mad.
0: No, um, I, I should know this. Uh, I, I definitely should know this because it's it's kind of my education, but I don't know it. I, I know what you're talking about, and I know what it is, but I, yeah, I can't remember the name. Yeah. yeah.
1: So we called ours midweek, which is super yeah. original because it's the middle of the week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but like, like it was. It, I I enjoyed it. Like, I always found it fun and interesting to learn um, about these things that um, are historic and, um, that we try and, you know, live our life by, um, a, an additional, uh, subchapter, sub chapter, my dad's sister, my aunt married, um, a guy, I don't know if he was when they married or if he was on his way to, but he ended up being a pastor in the Lutheran church. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my dad's other sister, um, was a teacher, music director, education director in the church as well. And so uh, we were very connected to, mm-hmm. to the faith. And then my sister actually, my older sister, um, became a teacher in the Christian church as well. She's since left uh, that side of education and now just works in the public school system. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it was, it was um, a big for life. And I remember, like, as I was getting into, like, uh, sophomore, junior year, people started to talk to me about going to a Christian college. And at mm-hmm. that point, I wanted to become an architect, and I was like why wh- why would I do that what's there that I don't I don't see the connection of going to to a Christian school and becoming an architect <laughs> yeah you yeah. just didn't connect me. yeah
2: um,
1: and, and I made the decision that was right for me going to to the public college and things like that but yeah, to the actual essence of your question um, as a teenager in Iowa that's hard in and of itself uh, coming to terms with who you are um and then being a part of the church is uh, can be challenging. And it was challenging um, because you're trying to reconcile these two, two, two parts of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that took a long time. Um, for me, that didn't really become okay until I was probably 25 or 26. Um, and, and we can dive into kind of how that process went too. But mm-hmm. um, I'm, I still consider myself um, a Christian person. Um, I still have not found a church that, works for me Mm -hmm. um which is okay i think it's a journey that is okay to go on yeah um so that's kind of the quick (laughs) quick quick um how religion fit into everything
0: yeah so and I, i don't mean to this next question might come off as a little just maybe brash or something but with being in the church how did that whole I, so you know you you say you grew up in it and you know, and you know your family was a part of it you know your your sister was a was a teacher and everything you know a Sunday school teacher how did how did the idea of and again I don't mean this to be rude but being gay yep, how did yep. that how did that whole thing kind of just come to fruition growing up in the church you know because of course the so, church of course the church preaches you know homosexuality is wrong so then how did that whole thing kind of come to play
1: so it'll take a lot for you to offend me. So don't
0: worry about that part. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's kind of good because um, I don't, was, I don't want to be disrespectful in any way when I ask that. So
1: I, I think, but I think having open and honest conversations is a good thing. And yeah. uh, that is the only way that um, I a, survived this part of my life was having hard conversations with myself and then with my family. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was really hard because like you're taught growing up that you can go to your parents, um, or you can go to someone in the church and where I was at the time, neither of those things were options for me.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, because I, I, I knew what the church would say. Um, and B, I was fearful of of what my parents would say or, or do, Mm -hmm. um, not that they would hurt me or, or kick me out or anything, but like you just, there's that really, really big unknown. Um, and as a 16 year old, that's a scary thing. And so um, I still went to church every Sunday. Like I didn't rebel out of that. Like I still wanted that part of me, And I still w- hoped and prayed that I would find answers. Mm-hmm. Um, I really did. And, and um, I feel like I found those answers. It took a long time. Um, but uh, I didn't uh, come out to my family until I was no longer going to, I, I'd moved away by that point, And then that helped me. Answer the questions for myself, and then I was able to be in a safe place, both mentally and uh, spiritually, and and uh, just able to pay my own bills if I needed to, um, or I could, where I felt okay telling them. And so at that point, um, it, it, I, I didn't really care what that particular church said or did because it wasn't my church anymore. Um, it was theirs, and they had to deal with that. And that was that was a bumpy part of the journey, to say the least. Mm. That so
0: So when you eventually did come out and say everything to your parents, you know, you, you told them, yes, you know, I I I'm gay, you know, I However the conversation went, how did your parents react to it? And then I'm just kind of curious, how did your how did your former church react to it?
1: So, uh... My my parents responded the way that I expected them to, and and I will I will I, I will preface all of this by saying we have a wonderful relationship today, um, so everything I say now is keep that keep keep yeah. that in mind. <laughs> um, it, it didn't go well. Like it was a very quick conversation.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, they they basically responded by saying, "Okay, we thought that's what you tell us. Um, we don't want to be a part of that part of your life. You're never going to bring someone home." And that was that I mean, it was very black and white. Yeah. Um, and at that point, I mean, I was 22, I think. Um, and so I, I kind of said, okay, fine. I mean, am not going to, this was, this was step one for me. I'm going to, ha- I'm going to take this one as a win that like you didn't run me over with the car. <laughs> and, um, you know, we we made it through this and, yeah. and you know, for about a year, year and a half, like we, we struggled to have a, a good relationship. Um, because I was seeing someone and I wanted to share it, but I also wanted to be as respectful as possible. But I knew in the back of my mind that if we were going to have any relationship, they were going to have to be the ones to to bend. Um, there was nowhere for me to bend um, and have any semblance of a relationship. And, and so that year and a half, two years was really hard because you want to share your life with your family. Like that's just, you, you want them to see you happy. And uh I couldn't do that. And then when I like would post something on Facebook, one of the things that that they, my parents wanted was me not to be public about that part of my life. And I always came back and said, well, I'm, I'm an adult. Mm -hmm. um, And if people see something that I post online, um, they get to decide how to respond to it, but they also don't get to censor me. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be crazy. And I'm not like, I don't, I'm, I'm a pretty regular person as I hope your listeners can tell, but oh, yeah. I wasn't going to censor myself, you know? And so I, 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 distinctly remember a phone call with my mother. She called me and she was angry that people, at the church had seen a picture of me and my boyfriend at the time. And I said, mom, I don't care what they say or think. I know that's hard for you and I'm sorry that you're hurt, but that that's irrelevant to me because you're asking me to do something or not do something that you would have no problem with my brother or sister doing. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Mm. And uh, it was hard. And, and our relationship really for the next two years after that fell apart even more. Um, And they, they talked to, to, to pastor a lot um, and uh, sought counsel and tried to figure it out. And it, it finally came to a head. It would have been, um, my years are going to get a little, little m- messed up here, but I'm going to say 2013, 2014, um, where my pastor finally, and, and it's not the pastor I grew up with. It's the one that they had at the time,
2: mm-hmm.
1: told Told my dad, like, look, he's, he's still your son. And uh, at the end of the day, that's really all that matters. Mm-hmm. And that was enough at that point in my parents' process to finally say, okay, we're not okay, but we need to be okay. Yeah. And, um, we, we worked and built from that.
0: Mm. So, uh, being honest, uh, can you, and, and again, this might sound bad, but can you blame them for reacting the way that they did? Like, do you hold that against them? Or can you maybe see like, oh, you know, it, it was a hard thing for them to come around to if that makes so sense.
1: So I don't hold it against them. I mean, uh, it's, 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 it's hard because I, went through my own process Mm -hmm. right and it took me years like it wasn't like i woke up one day and it's like i'm okay and i'm gonna tell everybody that's not at all how it went um and so that's why i i i did my best to be respectful while still respecting myself um during those few years um like i didn't just show up at the doorstep with someone like that was not gonna be what i did i felt like that would be the wrong thing to do um but again when it was you know me in my world like i wasn't gonna not be myself. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I, I completely understand. Um, cause I grew up with it. Like yeah. I knew what they were taught. I knew what was in their head. Mm. Um, I'd read a lot and talked to a lot of people who'd gone through it. And so like, I had a sense of what they would be thinking. And so I do remember like when I, when I came out to them, like I mentally prepared what I wanted to say. And part mm. of it was like, I, I gave them a, 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 like a sheet of resources that I felt would be helpful for them. Mm. Um, don't think they ever used it but i tried to be as helpful as i could be because i knew it would be hard um, for a lot of reasons and um yeah we just had to work through it together even though it was it was hard
0: yeah and and the thing that i and the reason i asked that is because you don't hear a lot of people especially within let's just say the last 10 years like the whole idea of homosexuality while it was still a thing it was very repressed you know a lot of people just didn't talk about it it was something that you kind of swept under the rug and so with only in like i'll say the last 10 years or so you know it's it's an ever-growing thing that people are trying to come to terms with because for the longest time you know we were told wrong 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 you know and it was just Mm -hmm. like almost beat into us you like that's just it was beat into us that it's not right and so when we have people coming out, you know, especially to their parents and their parents react such and such like, a, wait, what, you know, and then they're like, no, like what, you know, in a negative way. It's encouraging to hear, especially you, you, when, you know, you came out to your parents that while they might've responded in a way that was, you know, potentially hurtful or negative, at least you could understand why they were coming like that. And you didn't let that destroy your relationship because i've heard a lot of people and i know a decent amount of people who have come out and as soon as their parents react negatively they just go off the deep end and that's not okay because you have to understand where they're coming from you know and like i say you know it's kind of the whole idea of this podcast to try and understand people because once you understand people then you know just because something might go wrong doesn't mean that it's necessarily wrong it's just they have to figure out a way to work with it and so i think that it's encouraging to hear that because then you know like i said you're able to work with your parents and you're able to you know still hold that relationship and just because you know they might see something they might see you know your uh your husband and in your and yours relationship as bad or however they see it at least you two can still get together and still you know love each other and still you know be together as a family yeah yeah it, that's- and and
1: yeah. And and to my, to my parents' credit, like, I feel like for at least from my, from my seat, the, the way that I saw the whole thing kind of play out at the end, like the minute that, that you know, they, they had a conversation there at the end with, with their pastor were kind of flipped the switch for them. It wasn't a gradual flip for them. Like they, they were both feet in, like they're not going to go march in a, in a pride parade or anything. Like let's let's, that not going to be them, which I'm not ever going to ask them to do, <laughs> um, but like when, when they met my My then, um, uh, I I don't think we were engaged yet, but we kind of both knew we were going to be engaged. Um, But when they met him for the first time, like my dad hugged him Mm. and like, he's like, we
0: we weren't huggers. And so like the fact that he did did that, I was like, okay, we're going to be okay. Like, Mm -hmm. this is going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's the idea of just loving, you know, even if, even if you think that someone is wrong in what they're doing, you still have to love them, you know? Even yep. if, like, and, and here's the thing, and I'll say this, uh, you know, a lot of people have the idea of if you love them, that means you support them. And, 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 and I mean, no disrespect in this, but you don't have to necessarily support someone's choice, you know, like they're entitled to have their own opinion, their own, you know, drive, whatever it is, but you still have to love them because we're humans, you know, you're, you're family, you yeah. have to still love each other. Even if you don't yeah. support what's going on, you still have to love them. And so I'll, you know, I'll, I'll say that and then I'll hop off of, I'll hop off my soapbox. Um, uh, Real, real quick. Um, Would you be comfortable with kind of sharing, you know, the first instance you realized that, you know, I'm, you know, attracted to guys, I'm, I'm a homosexual. If that's the right um, terminology.
1: Yeah. So it's, it, it's kind of, a, for me, it, it was kind of a dual journey. I remember it was either sixth or seventh grade um, I yeah, we'll just say sixth or seventh grade. Um, I I could tell that something was different, and I was looking at people differently than I was certain my classmates were. Um, and uh, it was kind of just there, and then I feel like eighth and ninth and maybe tenth grade, it kind of went away. I was like, okay, great, like I can every, I'll, I'll be like everybody else, and then it it kind of just came back, and at that point uh, it didn't go, go away. Again. <laughs> um, and it, yeah, like I, like I tried, I mean, uh, I prayed to, for it to go away. Like I, I, that's, you know, it was, it wasn't what I was supposed to be. At least that's what I was taught. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I, I tried hard, you know, to make it go away. And, um, it didn't. And so you, I had to figure out that, that process, um, of, of reconciling that. But yeah, for me, it, it wasn't like I was four and I knew I was different.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it was what, what I probably was 13, give or take, however old you are in
0: <laughs> sixth grade. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's, that's when it started, I would say. Mm. And then, um, and this will be the last question I asked specifically about your, your early experience, but when would you say would be the first time you like acted on it?
1: uh if you're okay 15 gotcha yeah
0: gotcha i was doing math in my head (laughs) no it's all good all good uh so so i i'm very curious and uh and i and i and i'll phrase the question like this because i'm i'm just unaware you know i'm not very uh yeah so with the whole adoption process uh kind of starting from the beginning when did you and your husband want to adopt like when was kind of the first thing you know did you guys talk about it before you got engaged or was it kind of something like a spur of the moment or like how did that whole thing kind of come to be
1: so the, the wonderful thing about adoption is there's no such thing as spur of the moment um like it's a, it's true, a lot true. of conversation true. and um, there's no oopsies so <laughs> <laughs> um it, and this is absolutely true it was our first date that we talked about it because oh. um uh, i would have been I oh, it was 2012 so i was 28 29 um ish um and so it's one of those things where like your clock is kind of ticking but it's not kind of like there's plenty of time yet but you also don't want to waste time if you date someone who doesn't want at least at a high level the same things that you do yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and so we, i mean we, we talked about music and food and sports and we, i think we talked about Church too. I don't remember because he grew up in uh, in a different um, religion than I did. But we talked about it,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and we talked about wanting kids and how we both wanted to make that happen if it was if it were ever possible. And so, really, from day one, we knew that we were at least in the same ballpark of wanting kids. Um, how and when that was a you know, the next conversation, you know, future conversations. But um, for us, that was important at that point in our life to not waste time with someone who didn't want that.
0: Mm. so then did you guys want to let me ask you this how long did it take from when you guys i i'll say got engaged because i'm not sure about what the process is in terms of if you have to be married or anything like that like like i said i'm not very knowledgeable about adoption so i i would assume that you can't just necessarily be together but then again i don't know but like when when did you guys kind of like start the paperwork and everything
1: so that's a really good question. I actually don't know the answer to what, what you're wondering about. Um, like I know you like as a single person, you can absolutely adapt. Um, okay. I don't know how that works from the legal side on if there's a, just a significant other, what they would do. Okay. Um, I'm yeah, I'm not really sure. Okay. Um, for us, we, we got married in 2015 and then after that, we just started saving money. Mm-hmm. Um, because we talked about that in episode one a little bit, I think about um, the, some of the costs mm-hmm. um, and the yeah. times and stuff. But so like when you when you do an actual adoption, whether it's through your child services or a private agency adoption, you have to, um, depending on your state, the state laws are all different, but they're all kind of very similar to that. You have to do what's called a home study. Mm-hmm. And that's where a home investigator comes to your home a, a number of times, depending on your state law. For Iowa, it was three times, I feel like um three separate times um and they're not like unannounced like it's scheduled and stuff um and the investigator sits there for hours and talks to you and um, i'm gonna use the word she because ours was a female angela Mm -hmm. um she asked us all kinds of questions like she asked us about how we were raised how we were disciplined um how we intend to discipline um how we're going to teach her, like what, what our families are like, what's our family dynamic. Like, like it was, it was very much a Mm -hmm. counseling session, investigative session. I mean, it was just, and she wrote a 20 page report on us. Wow. um, That you're required to have. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy, but it's good. Like you want that level of protection for kids. Yeah. and it was really good because we hadn't thought about some of those things. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. like I know that like we're not going to spank our daughter, but it was also like, well, what, how do we discipline them? Like, yeah. what's the, what does that look like? So, <laughs> um, those, so you, you do that process and then, um, you find the agency that you want to work with. And again, I'm speaking to the, the private agency adoption process. Um, and then while you're doing that, you also put together your profile book. And it's, it, it's what it sounds like. It's a 16 to 20 page book about you and your family.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: so you have pages about yourself, your work, your extended family, your neighborhood, your pets. If you have pets, your hobbies so that um, birth moms can flip through this book and use that book to pick who they want to adopt their baby. And that's the process. Like it's mm-hmm. um, if anyone has watched friends, there's the episode towards the end of the series where uh, Monica and Chandler meet face to face with the their their birth mom that is super super rare, rare that you ever meet in person mm. um, you you will after uh the birth mom picks you based on your book um but so so um you you put this book together and then what happens is a really rapid process once everything's approved and you're in the system and everything um the agency will get a birth mom who wants to put their baby up for adoption birth mom will fill out out a 10 to 20 page document. And that document is about their family history, their family medical history, their education, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Then they look at that. And then uh, as a part of that form, they have the opportunity to say, I want an XYZ family to adopt this baby. So if they only want straight couple living in Montana, then they're going to mark that.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And then the agency is going to look in their book and find the right couples to show her based on, based on what she wants and, The parenting of her child. And so what happens is um, if they think it's a good match, they will tell us the prospective adoptive parents, Hey, mother Jane, here's her file. Do you want us to show you? Because then you get, that's your, your, your moment to say yes or no. Um, If you say yes, and then birth mom says, yes, it's basically a done deal. If you say no, they won't show you and you'll go on to the next prospective mother. And so through our process, we probably, we kept a spreadsheet just because we wanted to know at the end of this whole thing, but we probably said no to 40 or 50 opportunities just for a variety of reasons. Sometimes it was cost, Sometimes it was timing. um, Sometimes it was health reasons. Mm. Um, There were certain things that we just didn't feel equipped to handle. Um, So we just, we we would say, no, I'll never forget this one. And we both think about this one case. It was a uh, a perspective, a birth mom. Um, she was still pregnant at the time, um, living in Tennessee and she on her form and we appreciated her being honest about this. Um, but she readily admitted to binge drinking every weekend. Oh no. And like, we said no to that one. Yeah. Um, but it's just like that kid we hope is okay. Yeah. Um, but like, that's that's the stuff you see and it, you have to decide. So like we would see drug addicts and, um, things like that. And so like, you had to decide, yes or no. Yeah. Um, and we said, we said, yes, um, probably 10 or 15 times and got turned down every time, which is fine. Like that's part of the process. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then, uh, we had, we did have one fall through, which is where the mom says, yes, you get all the way to the end. And then she decided at the, the day, probably the night that she, she had it, she told the caseworker that she was going to keep, keep the baby. And they called us the next day and told us, um, and then, uh, four months after that, our daughter was born. And so, mm. um, I think that answered your question. It's the long yeah. process. Um, yeah. it's emotional, clearly, mm-hmm. uh, lots and lots of paperwork, lots of lawyers, which sucks like that so many kids have to go through this process. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's for a good reason and we're all in favor of it, but, um, uh, doesn't make it any easier on the, on the parents to navigate all of that.
0: Yeah. So, um. Just out of curiosity and you and you don't have to of course uh, answer this if you don't want to um but so there there is a difference between like adoption and like fostering do, have you and your husband maybe considered like fostering or did you just want to go straight adoption
1: so we actually started the foster process um and like to, to do here in the state of Iowa we have to go through a ten week course um because the kids that are that are in the foster system are there for a reason mm-hmm. something happened at their home um whether it was there was violence in the home or nothing happened to the kids, but they saw it and they got to take the kids out for a day or a week or a month.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, or, you know, there's drug use or there's actual abuse. Like the kids have gone through trauma. Um, and, and, um, Steve had worked before I met him, he had worked in the school system and had had, had to deal with some of these kids work with some of these kids who were in these types of situations. And the further we got into our own classes, um, he became more uncomfortable. And, and I remember us sitting at the kitchen table talking about it and uh, it just got to a point where he didn't feel it, like it would be a good thing for us to, to, to have some of those situations in our home. Mm. Um, and we talked about it and I was like, I, I understand that. Like we can't have a situation that's going to be bad for you. Cause that's bad for the kid and that's bad for us. Mm. Um, and so as much as we have the love to give it, we just didn't feel like it was the right place for us to, to go through the foster um, system. Now, that being said, my sister's daughter, who's now 14, came to the foster system and she ended up adopting her. Um, and and it was all fine. Um, but uh, not every case is like that. So yeah. um, that was just a decision we made not to go down that path. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, I was just kind of curious because I know that there, is, there are some people that prefer one over the other. And so I just, you know, I was curious if you guys maybe went down that road or not or something happened um and, and so my next question is because of you and your husband of course being married and uh, like I said earlier some people just might not be okay with that did you guys see that being uh a homosexual couple uh influence any sort of decisions from other people like did you get turned down a lot because of that or was that not even like a factor
1: um i can't say um because we never really were told a reason why uh, you okay, no okay. mom would, would reject us. Oh um, okay, gotcha. I, I will say that on one of the options on that form is what kind of couple? Like do you want a straight couple? Do you want um single people only? Do you want a gay couple? Mm-hmm. Um and I would say a a good percentage were okay with a gay couple uh adopting a okay. baby. So it wasn't um no, I didn't see how many, I don't know how many we weren't even given the option to say no to because they okay. didn't check that box. I am not have no idea about that. Yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah, to your point earlier, like, I don't know that a lot of um, birth moms are worried about that so much as they're worried about, is my kid going to be okay and healthy yeah, yeah.
0: and have a, have a happy life, you know? So gotcha. Yeah. Like, um, I, I just wasn't too sure if they would tell you a reason. I like, I assumed that they wouldn't necessarily tell you a reason because, you know, it could get kind of sticky. Uh, but I I was just kind of curious because like like I said earlier, it was, it's only recently that, you know, the, the whole idea of homosexual marriages has been, uh, quote unquote, okay. And so I was, you know, I was just kind of curious if that maybe had some effect in something. Um, Let's see what else do I want to ask. I I had a few more questions uh, that kind of that kind of slipped my head because, like, when you when you talk about stuff, I'm just so keen on listening, and it's just like, oh man, like, don't forget that question, (laughs) and then of course I forget it because I'm like, oh man, like, the stuff he's telling me is just so fascinating. Um, Let's see. Let's go with this. Um, Do you guys find raising a daughter, you know, of course being two guys raising a daughter, do you feel that to be somewhat difficult because? neither of you are females because <laughs> we don't know what the hell we're doing. <laughs> yeah like like um, I, i'm not sure if that's if that's rude but I, I i would feel that there would be some sort of just we, extra challenge if you will. It,
1: it, it is and it, and it will always be on some level
0: um mm-hmm. luckily
1: we have wonderful females in our lives for some more challenging or just you know uncertain situations um mm-hmm. or like just even questions um so like, I've never braided hair in my life. So YouTube is a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful thing.
0: Um, <laughs> That's funny. I like that. When it
1: comes time for, for um, other female related things, like we will definitely be asking questions to our female friends and, and family just because we don't know. Mm-hmm. And we, we've, we've also made a conscious uh, choice this whole time. Like we want her to um, have those females in her life Mm -hmm. So if she doesn't feel comfortable coming to us, like she knows that we will hundred percent not be offended if Mm she goes to one of them. Um, and we want, like, we want to just have the open relationship with her, um, easier said than done because she'll be a teenager and you got to work through that. But, um, I wouldn't say we're worried about any of it. Um, just understanding that we will have, we'll have questions as we go, go forward.
0: Gotcha. No, that's good. That's good stuff. I, I like that. I like to, I like to hear that you guys aren't, you know, like you're okay with her going to other people and you're not like one of those crazy couples. That's like, no, you have to come to us. Like I am your father, you know, like, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. It, like I, I want I her like to come coming. to you. Obviously. Uh, yeah. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But so long as she's able to, to talk to someone and she feels mm-hmm. comfortable with that. And, and we build that, like that level of trust. Mm-hmm. Like that's the important thing that, 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 she trusts us and we trust her. And um through that, then we'll get through it together. Like it's when there's that you have to sneak around and not be honest yeah. with us. Like tell us that you're gonna go talk to so and so about
0: it. Okay. That's yeah. awesome. Like we'll be here when you get home. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's good. That's good. Have you guys found any any um difficulties now? And and I kind of asked this um earlier, uh, but uh more so um question is kind of uh Based in a time of recently uh have you and your husband ever come in like persecution with the churches that maybe you guys were raised in um i I wouldn't say so at all okay
1: um and i I don't know if that's just because uh, they know us mm-hmm. um or maybe times have changed enough um but I have not seen okay. that from either side, gotcha,
0: yeah, I was just kinda curious to see if maybe there was some weird thing that that happened, but um yeah, um. I don't really think I have anything else to be honest with you. I'm trying to think of this thing that that,
1: that like I could add based yeah. on the stuff we talked yeah. about. Yeah,
0: um, yeah. Anything that you feel like might be useful information to someone, or even if you're just like Dan, you should probably know something like this. You, you know, <laughs> I mean, like I'm open to stuff like that too. I um I, I'm just I, I feel like I asked all the questions that I really wanted to honestly ask you, um, to uh, you know about you and your husband and your your uh, um uh, early years and even the, uh, the adoption thing.
1: Um, yeah, you know, I think for us, and, and maybe this is the one piece of advice now that we're in part two, (laughs) um, I like that. This whole, like the relationship was not perfect. Um, like we, like every relationship, like we had to work through things and ask each other tough questions about what we wanted. And, uh, not only just in life, but with, with, a kid like, um, and then the, the kid process was hard as it should be, um, mm-hmm. and and the, having the relationship change with adding another human being to the to the to the group, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it does like it changes everything, and you don't r- r- realize it until it happens, mm-hmm. and then it's like oh we haven't really just sat down the two of us and actually, you know, had a dinner together in six months. Like we should probably do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs>
2: um,
1: and, and I think that's something that we, we learned kind of as we went the importance of like, even just those little moments. And, and yes, this, this little human is, is like the focus,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but um, the, the couple has to also remain the focus. And I think that's where um, some couples, I feel like struggle is they forget that before there was baby, it was just those two.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and you have to keep those two together. Eventually the baby's going to be a teenager and move away. And you're going to be just you two again.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: you can't neglect the you two. And I think that's where we have focused really hard um, to ensure that we do have just us time. And uh, we maintain like that connection and that fun and, uh, just remember why we're together in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the kid, like, like she is number one, but she's also a number two. Mm-hmm. It just depends on the time of day. yeah. Um, and so it's, I think that makes a strong family is
0: understanding that, that um, it, it's dynamic and it's ever changing mm-hmm. and that's okay. Yeah. No, that's good advice. It, I mean, you're, you're speaking to me, someone, my wife and I want kids, you know, in the future. And so it's like, I like, the thing is, is right now it is just us. And so when there is another kid that comes along, we're going to have to, you know, yeah. try and understand, you know, try and, you know, remember one, why we're together, you know, that it is her and I raising this kid, you know? And so like right there, you're just straight up speaking truth to me. <laughs> so you're you're giving me yeah, some like advice. It is, it's, it's true though, like
1: um, how, how, how easy it is, like super, super easy just to get lost in the kid. Yeah. And the kid's going to love it. Like the kid's going to i in the center of attention all the time. Like, this is great. You know, but mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it, it, it is so, and it's been harder this year, obviously, because of everything to yeah. carve out that time. Yeah. Um, But like, so we, we would just, it was, I think the last time we did it was probably six or eight weeks ago. Um, It was just lunchtime and our daughter was at daycare and I was like, we're going to go have lunch. You and me, we're doing a quick lunch. It's going to be super quick and easy but we're doing that and it, you know that was kind of that us you know so it's just carving out those little moments is is really what matters yeah
0: and, and then i i remembered one question that i want to ask you are you and your husband thinking about getting kids uh, like another one or are you are you done with one <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a great yeah, um, the great question yeah the great question i think
1: i think if um the financial burden to get the child wouldn't be so high. It would be on the table, mm. but we want to be able to uh, at the low end. I'll give you this number. I'll give you and your reader or listeners this number um, at the low end. A private adoption is 20 thousand dollars at the low end.
0: Whoa. That's more than I thought. I'm yes. not going to lie.
1: Yeah. Um, now, if you let go foster pro like the foster to adopt, it's like, pennies because a lot of it's paid for by the state. Um, so there, there's just that caveat. Um, but yeah, so we we want to make sure that our daughter has as much as she wants in life. And we don't feel like we can do that if we go through another private adoption. Now, that's yeah. not to say that down the line, we you know might do the foster thing, uh-huh. um, but that's just not today. Gotcha. Um,
0: so we
1: are a uh, one kid family
0: at the moment. Uh, and i and i respect the fact that you guys while you might want another one at least you know you're responsible enough to say we i don't think that we can do that because I, I know a lot of people would just be like hey eh, we'll just try it you know we'll play it by ear and little do they know you know they're creating an awful life for that kid and the other uh you know uh kid that they already have so i i think it's very um uh uh responsible and, and um I, I like hearing that. It, g- it gives me hope, you know, that people are actually, yeah. you know, like treating kids that aren't even necessarily their, you know, own flesh and blood. Like there's, you're still treating this, uh, you know, idea of, I want to give my daughter the best life that she can have. Yeah. And you're not well, going to sacrifice no, that for someone else. You know what I mean?
1: No. And we, you know, we made that promise to her mom. Yeah. I
0: yeah. mean that we didn't say we we're going to have any other kids, but we said that,
1: you 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 picked us to take care of this child and raise this child and nurture her and raise her up and like you're trusting us with that and and that's not something that we take lightly. Yeah. Um, and so like we want to make sure that she has everything she wants in life. Um, if she wants a pony, that's going to be a tougher conversation. Like we'll have to talk <laughs> about that one. Um, but <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Um, you, you know like we have a college fund for her and I want yeah. to make sure that if she decides to go to college, like the money's there for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like we want to take her, like when she's able, like when she's five or six, like we want to start taking her internationally. Like we want her, like that's something that neither, neither, um, Steve or I had growing up and we mm-hmm. want to be able to give that to her. Um, so that when she, you know, goes into high school and goes into college, like she has these incredible life experiences already. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so that's what we want to be able to give. And, uh, that's the goal. Yeah. That I'm very encouraged to hear someone else, you know, just trying to do the best that they can for, you know, another human, you know, another son or daughter, you know, that, that, that encourages me because you hear so much just adoption stories go wrong, not to mention all of the biological, um, sons and daughters stories that go wrong. You know, yeah. like it, it's so sad to see the the amount of neglect that's in this country, let alone the world. And so to hear, you know, someone just, yeah, I'm go- I, I I took the responsibility, and I'm going to stick with it. I'm not going to deviate from it. I'm going to make sure that she has the best life possible. I'm going to give her some of the best experiences that I can. It's very encouraging to hear. I, I really, really, uh, you know, love it. Yeah, um, it,
1: it being a dad is hard. Like it's it's hard work. I mean, a parent is hard work, but it's also like really friggin' easy um, because you're just loving this thing that a, that she's, you know, she's two right now. She doesn't know any different than the love I give her. And that makes it easy. You yeah. know, like it's just, she, it, it won't be always easy. I a hundred percent understand that she mm-hmm. will be a teenager one day and <laughs> that'll be a different story. <laughs> but like, it, it's, it's really easy to love a human being. to to kind of circling back to our our first topic like it's really easy to love a human being and when you love the human being a lot of things become possible when when you when you treat people that way whether they're two years old or 20 years old or 40 years old and um that's ultimately like like what we want her to know about life yeah
0: that's good man awesome well richard i i want to say thanks um and, and, and let me ask you this: Do you feel and and I know I already asked this, but do you feel like there's anything else that you want to share? Uh, maybe something that just kind of came to mind. Because um, I, I honestly, truly, don't really have any other questions to to ask. I don't think so. I feel like it was a open. I hope. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like it was an open conversation. I hope that yeah. like
1: it shed some light on some questions that you had and maybe oh, yeah. that your listeners had. Um,
0: yeah. yeah, I. I you know, like just like our first conversation, I thoroughly enjoyed this. Um, and, and just so you know, I did listen to your TED talk on fear and I thought it was very good. I, I really did Thanks. enjoy it. Did you? I'm not sure if you know, like you have anything in the pipeline, but are you by chance trying to do another one? <laughs> I figured you'd ask today, yeah, um, yeah. yeah was, you know me.
1: There's, there's actually an event here where I live next spring, I think. Um, and I, and I did miss the deadline to apply for it. Mm. And, and it was, I'm okay with it because the, the challenge is, I, I don't remember if we talked about it. Um, I, I read the, the criteria and what their, you know, their subject areas were going to and none of them really stood out to me. It's like, when I, when I do writing or I come up with a new speech idea, it's because there's a question that I'm trying to answer yeah. or dive deeper into. And like none of the topics that they wanted to focus on are areas where I currently have questions in my head. Mm. And so I, I, I thought about just trying to come up with something that was like, oh, I'm not going to be passionate about it. And yeah. so, um, uh, I decided not to even go down that path. So, sure. uh, I don't have a Ted up and coming, but, um, <laughs> I'd like to get back on the, on the TED stage. So we'll, we'll see what the, we'll
0: see yeah. what the future holds. Yeah. That would be cool. Um, because, like I said, um, when when we last talked, I didn't want to listen to it, um, before we spoke because I didn't want to have any sort of inkling as to who you were. I wanted to go into this, you know, nice and natural. Yeah. Uh, and then after we were done, I was like, you know, I should give that a listen. And I was very impressed. I, I thought it was very good. I liked it a lot. It was I mean, solid it was, work. That
1: one, that one was fun. I mean, yeah. uh, the hope the whole thing was fun doing that that project and that research and um, really getting the sense of why we do the things we do or why we don't do the things we do rather um and uh, it's it, we we definitely a lot of people i mean i'm guilty of it the, the this idea of fear and worry and letting it control
0: mm-hmm. um how we approach just day-to-day life so it's yeah. it's uh, something to always think about yeah it's always something to think about always something awesome well thanks again richard for doing this uh just like always i really do appreciate you giving me your time. Um, yeah, I, I I'm sorry. I, I really don't know how to close this <laughs> because I it's just so different because I don't have my normal like. Oh, let me ask you this one last question. It's just kind of there, you know, or just kind of done. But um, I will say this. Uh, let your husband know. Thank you for giving me having him give you give me an hour of your time again. Uh, as you know, it is <laughs> it is a, a you know a, what is today a Monday. Goodness, I can't even keep the time straight. But um, yes. yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, I hope you have a great rest rest of your week. Um, and as always, I'll let you know when this episode goes live. And just so you know, it'll probably be next Thursday. Just so you know. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Have a great week. I had a great time. Oh yeah. Thank yes, you. Yes, and happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. You too, man. I hope you can uh, enjoy uh, time with your family.
1: Yeah, that'll definitely be happening.
0: Awesome and sweet. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to this episode of Across the Pond. If you feel that this was something that deserved your time, you really enjoyed it, or even if you really disliked it, please rate it however you see fit on whatever platform you're on. If you think you know someone that would love to be a guest on an episode, please send them my email address. That's across pod one at gmail.com. It's in the show notes. You can also connect with me on Twitter at Kingservant. That's K-1-N-G-S-S-E-R-V-A-N-T. I want to thank Mark for making the logo for me and for the black couch label and solo artist Ollie H for making the music. And I want to thank you, the listener, for being here and giving this about an hour of your time. I really do appreciate it. Tune in next Sunday for another episode of Across the Pond.